0: Welcome to the Painter Bread Quarterly Slush Pile. We curate this work so you don't have to. Um, what that means is we're sort of letting, we're not sort of, we are letting you in on the editorial process, uh, that we have at Painter Bread Quarterly, which is a democratic one. Um, so we're going to discuss some work and talk about it and you're going to listen to our conversation and, um, we're hoping to you know demystify what happens after you submit your work so um we're still all remote as you know and um in my home in collingswood and i am kathleen volk miller and um hey everybody because hey. Hey. i guess i'll, guess I'll go six thousand miles away
1: first Let's go farthest and work our way back, okay, Marion? Oh, that makes perfect sense. From far away, close by, it's Marion Wren. I'm in my apartment in Abu Dhabi. Um, The sun's beginning to set and I still don't have any curtains, so I'm blinded by the light. Um, So greetings and love slushies from Marion in Abu Dhabi and I'm gonna bounce it over to Alex.
2: Hello, Um, got a haircut and I'm gonna be an uncle. Whoa!
3: nephews are the best or nieces or nieces
2: or, <laughs> or, nieces. or, or neither gonna drive right. we think we have the initial idea but <laughs> and that's all i'm gonna say in that but i'm over in long island uh if you can't hear with how i say my n's and g's so um, <laughs> rhode island's neither a road nor an island discuss so I'm gonna pass it off the Jace. <laughs> I do to-
3: I'm I'm sorry, I am in I'm in very proud uncle mode because my nephew uh, just got into a very a very prestigious college. And I'm, I'm very proud of him.
1: Woo um, He actually got
3: into three very prestigious colleges. Now he's he's just not an right. even and um and I've been reading his college applications, and he's just a little bundle of brilliance. And I'm so proud of you, Jonathan Schneiderman, if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and I need to get more monogrammed things so that I can pass them on because we have the same initials. Uh, oh, that's so cool. I, I have to so work cool. on that. Um, I I'm love all this love. And you got
0: but your hair cut not too recently.
3: I, <laughs> I did. I, here, I got my haircut hair not too recently. <laughs> and um, I am in Brooklyn. Um, and yeah, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. All I'm right. going to pass it to Kate. Hi, hi Kate. Kate. Hi,
1: hi, Kate. <laughs> Aren't you the fabulous VCAP
0: <laughs> co-op for spring summer at Drexel University?
1: I am. I'm one of them. You're that Kate Wagner? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's
3: my favorite Kate Wagner. Kate, so
1: Wagner. <laughs> Kate Wagner is famous. Thank you, Kate Wagner. <laughs> and Larissa, hello, hello,
0: hello. So glad hello, you're Hello,
2: hello. Yes, Kate is our co-op. I am also in VCAP. Uh, and also with the, with the youth guys in West Philly.
3: Wait, what's a VCAP? Yeah,
1: I know. Video is...
3: collaboration and production. Oh. oh that was awesome. going to be my major. And they canceled it the year before I got to the University of Maryland. Otherwise, I would have been in that major. Oh, awesome. well, I mean, this isn't what, well, there, maybe there is a major for that. But that's the department that we work for um, that handles all of, the, all of the Zooming
2: and all of the webcasts and podcasts and things like that.
0: Yep, so there, this has been the busiest year of their lives. Not that yes. it's not always already. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. 30,000 Zoom accounts. Geez, Louise, okay, 30,000 Zoom accounts. Welcome, though, to the Sleash.com. Can, stage we, call, the can
3: we call the episode that? Can we call it 30,000 Zoom accounts?
1: <laughs> <laughs> under, under the seat. Uh, we might have to because I swear, Larissa and Kate, the thing that you bring to this is a deep sense of stillness and calm in the midst of oh, <laughs> So thank you so much for, for hanging with us while we talk about literature. Yeah. Happy to be here.
0: Right. Today's a little bit unusual. Uh, So if anybody's a new listener, we usually do poems and we usually do um, like one to three poems by the same person is probably the most normal episode. You'll have to just keep listening or go back and listen. But today we are doing a piece of fiction. Uh, Today we have a short story called Benefiting Positions by Jack Smith. So we are not going to read it aloud to you as we normally do, but you will be able to access, it, access the story some way or another on our website, pbqmag.org. So without further ado, thank you, Jack Smith, and uh, let's get talking.
1: Um, so I am really thrilled to be talking about this piece um, because we never do get a chance to talk about fiction on this episode of or rather on the slush pile so an episode dedicated to fiction is really special and challenging right so how how is it that we begin how do you how do you start to talk about a whole piece um, uh, and a, and a piece like this one which you know presents a, a fascinating story of a uh, uh, a, a young woman whose um, job is basically to lay down with people. <laughs> to, to hold them. them. To hold them. She, she a professional holds cuddler. Yeah. yeah. She's a cuddler, a professional a cuddler. cuddler. That's right. That's great.
0: Which doesn't seem far from reality. I think there are professional yeah. huggers. I think that I've even heard prostitutes often just hold, hold people,
3: right? When, when I was in middle school, I watched, I, I probably shouldn't tell the story. When I was in middle school, I watched a documentary on, on prostitutes, and a lot of them described how what people want was oral sex. And I thought that meant talking to people. And I thought being a prostitute mostly consisted of just talking to people. That's um, and then I found out later that, that was not. they can what I ask, were about.
0: this was not a school sanctioned documentary. When I was in middle no, school, no, I watched no, a documentary. It almost sounds like the sixth grade teacher said, Hey,
2: kids. <laughs> I, hey, I watched Midnight Cowboy in high school. But I was in an arts program, so and I had to get permission. To watch.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was really confused by Midnight Cowboy. Like, I knew I really. But, oh, you know what? I did watch it. I last one, and then we'll get back to the story. I promise. Was Barbarella when I was like twelve oh, was on TV, okay. and I was like, "Wait a minute! How does that exist? <laughs> that can't happen."
2: And you appreciate it for a different reason, not. The- yeah, I was, I was, I was
3: excited by the shag carpeting in the space, <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so she's a professional cuddler. And yep. should we, should we assume that our slushies have read the story already? Or should we fill in the gaps for slushies who haven't read the story? Should we like, do like a plot summary?
1: I, I think so. I think there should be some sort of like recreation of the piece, right? So if, uh, Kathy, what do you think? What I was going to say is as long
0: as we do say spoiler alert, like I said, you can access the story if you want. So it's your choice. I mean, one of my brothers reads the ends of the book before he begins it, which I think is absolutely bonkers. And he says that if he doesn't, he reads way too quickly. Like something in his brain is just obsessed with what will happen. and, And he can like, kind of erase it and just be calmer and still experience the story right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I do believe we might have listeners that wouldn't mind hearing everything I mean hearing without having read it and then someone should be like oh no, no no I want to read first so that's yeah. their option right you can do it either way and I think spoiler alert we may reveal everything that happens
3: including the ending but I also think that it's it's not really a plot driven piece. Like you're not reading it to find out who did it or you know who sure. what's going to happen to the heroine. I mean, it's really kind of a character study. Like it's really this sort of like I think beautiful um, exploration of what it means to be doing. It's a character study. It's not a kind of, you know, True. who done it or what's gonna happen or where does this go next?
0: See, And that yeah. in itself is a spoiler alert, right? Because yeah. something could have happened. But basically the way this is structured is her, her name is Jane, uh, the protagonist here. And we just kind of watch her and go with her on um, her various days of the week to the various people that she sees. And we learn about them through her, and um, the positions that she assumes <laughs> with them um, are often very amusing. But each, I'm just trying to get the structure down here. Each graph is another day with another one of the people that she sees in rotation. And so, yes. Yeah,
3: so right. So can I, guess can I read a graph? Can we just like? can I Absolutely. I read a bit so can absolutely. Um, so no spoilers. But this is. Um, I, I don't have page numbers on my, on my version. Um, in the swirled yogurt position for page 19, Jane wraps her arms and legs around the rabbi as he shifts to embrace her. She can feel his heartbeat underneath her ear as he explains how the day of atonement should and must come before the day of judgment. That our vengeful God is in fact, not interested in the judgment of that with which we have already repented. Jane takes the rabbi's words and like wet, heavy strips of paper mache lines her face. His nutmeg breath washes over her like the final layer of shellac and cements the message deep. She tells him she understands, speaks the words into the warmest, godliest part of his throat.
0: Thank you so much. So yeah, that you guys heard that started with in the swirled yogurt and then there's some parenthetical position for page 19, as if we could reference some text that would show us what that position is. Um, So she did have fun with that for sure. The
3: manual.
0: The position names, right, right. The manual, we have the great popsicle. And some of them, you know, I, I kind of did play with it. I played back by like trying to imagine what it was, you know, but some of the words like the great popsicle give you no clue whatsoever. Whereas swirled yogurt, I can kind of maybe visualize something. It might be wrong, but at least <laughs> I can think of limbs swirling.
1: I have to say though, I really thought the great popsicle was a great image, right? Like, I, you know, those like, you know, the twin popsicles that we would get when we were kids, like just the notion of like two people laying next to each other and just holding hands. To me, for me, that was one of the moments where I was like fully in and trusting the narrative that uh, Jack Smith was creating, right? Because in the universe of the story, the manual's there. So Jane, right, is it's a third person point of view, right? It's not a first person story. Jane's being described, right? As she's visiting these people, but also thinking about what the best um, or most apt position, is or what she's going to be requested to do. And um, it is a spiral, it's a swirl, right? Like in that first paragraph you get this sort of like, you know, 360 of who the characters are. And then in the belly of the, of the piece, each graph as Kathy points out is sort of devoted to one of these episodes or interludes. And then the end of the piece doubles down on that sort of reversal um, or rather that sort of retrospective sense of who she's been with because now that they're in her in a way, right? Like so, she's sort of like absorbed some of their attributes and their um, emotions, right? And so I just love that sense of like physically holding somebody, but also containing whatever it is they're trying to manage for themselves, right? Whether it's the the rabbi or the college kid or the female police officer, um, it's it's pretty artfully spun. For, for me, that is what it's primarily about
0: what she gives and takes from each person. Not that she takes, which, which she receives from each person. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, because she is altered every time. She intuitively knows what position to put them in depending on what they need that day. People have their favorite positions, the positions are, are a big part of it, too.
3: Um. I mean one of the amazing things that emerges from the story is how much work it is for her that, that Jane actually like you, you really do realize how much work Jane is doing in both kind of holding these people and, I, and the, the positions do give you the sense of a professionalism right that like there's even a mention how you know spooning you don't need the manual for. Like, spooning is obvious, but the rest of them, you know, like, she really does have this, you know, expert knowledge on cuddling positions, and she's constantly doing this work of reflecting back to the person, the version of themselves that they need to be seen, Mm -hmm. and um, we were talking about sort of mysticism, um, and I'm I'm not a mystic, but I am a Lacanian. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and I thought, like, I mean, if I were teaching Teresa Brennan's Transmission of Affect, where she's talking about the ways in which um, affect moves between people and the way in which certain people need other people to absorb their negative affect, um, yeah. I, I would teach this story. Wow. Like, here it is.
1: So good. So, you know, we started this episode thinking about the challenges of reading fiction on a podcast, right? Um, and I, I wanted to return to that because, dear slushies, you know, here, here we are sharing what the process is like, what, what kind of fiction persuades this editorial board to pay attention to it, right? So, you know, this does have so much going for it, but as, as we've noted, it's not really a plot-driven story. There is no big whodunit, right? There's no surprise cuddling revelation at the, at the end, right? It's a character-driven piece. It's a reflection on touch, on receiving, on containing, on affect, right? Um, and it's it's just like a, a quirky, wonderful premise. And I think that's what drew me into, like I had to read like that first paragraph. I was like, what am I reading? What am I reading? What is going on here? Right. Um, and, and, and I didn't know which direction it was gonna go. And I thought maybe this really was gonna be explicit sex work, right? Um, but it's just, it's done with like, such a light touch. And it's as, um, I don't know, like emotionally significant and intimate as sex work is, right? The sort of cuddling uh, profession that she's she's narrating or, or is being described in this piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, sorry, you didn't talk about that. You go, please.
2: Well, because what I like about it is the tension between like the emotional and the professionalism. Like this is a job of managing people's emotions in a certain way, and at first. I, and like I'm still a little like, oh, I wish we got to know more about Jane, but I think the art of this is that we get like tiny like pinhole peaks of who Jane is, but only that much. like uh, like we have a discussion like, well, she's doing most of the work, why so I don't we get to know about her? but like at the same time, it's written well enough that it's like, well, she's a professional and we're getting that glimpse. So like, I like the tension of it and like any like slight misgivings of it, like that it's just art. So I can definitely appreciate the artfulness and the effort of like creating this world uh, where this, I mean, this job I guess technically exists, but like, but the specific world of that there's a manual out there somewhere, which yeah, I, yeah. I love that little bit of world building of like. <laughs> where's the wiki for this?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Alex, I love the way you put that too. It's like, so what kind of fiction gets our attention, right? And what is, what is it that we'll bring to the table that we'll, we'll sort of, you know, nudge each other and say, hey, 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 you gotta read this, you gotta read this, right? And this was one of them, like this story got the attention of editors um, months and months ago. And I feel like I'm, I'm gonna like betray a little confidence here, but I have permission to do this. Um, this was this was a story that like several ad- editors marked immediately as being really promising. So, so the story itself was like super promising. And then we immediately f- misfiled it and submittable and it just sat, right as marked at, as read and potential um, for discussion. but we, we, we just mislaid it, right? And so that sometimes happens, dear slushies, right. Human error despite all of the apparatus, of of submittable, right? But thank goodness this came back up into our consciousness, right? It's lifted back up into the conversation. And so what is it about this story that made people go, yes, 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 yes. Hey, 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 let's read this. Let's talk to each other about it, right? And I think, Alex, that phrase of like the world creation that happens in it, I mean, it's quirky and specific and I'm in, I believe it, right?
2: Yeah. yeah and i just i'm reading through it just like we're talking about positions and i just saw twin cheeks and i'm like
1: that's funny uh, <laughs> yeah yeah They
0: were yeah. every position you smile a bit, you know Yeah. Um. Yeah. i think that somebody you guys have already hit on a lot of the things that i would like to talk about right now but like alex said the um it the craft of the piece um but he was talking about the crafting piece, and I think with the crafting piece, one of the biggest things is that when you work with a premise like this, we've got a third person, um, I don't think we've mentioned yet that the characters, the people she visits, all have like, um, what are we trying to say, uh, stand-in names, like we have the rabbi, the police officer, the activist, they don't get names they're they they get roles right their roles in the outside world and then we learn way more about them than we do jane right Mm -hmm. and i like if i were teaching this story in a creative writing class i would or fiction writing class i would say this is really really hard to pull off to make us care about this protagonist when we don't get to know her and part of the craft of the story alex is that we want to know about Jane. She made us want to know her more, but we don't need to know her more. It's still totally satisfying, right? And when we read a piece, when somebody takes on something this, this um, different, this alternative, a non-straight-up linear narrative where, you know, Casey is not up at the bottom of the ninth mm-hmm. in any way, right? That is far riskier and far more difficult to pull off.
3: Yes. I, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I'm still dedicated to the definite, and I know that a lot of people have a lot of problems with this. Um, but the notion that what defines literary fiction is that it's character revealed through action—that what what is the distinction between you know a romance novel or an action novel—and obviously a lot of these genre distinctions have broken down hugely in the last ten years. But um, that literary fiction is really dedicated to this idea of character revealed through action, and I really came to. Feel that this character was being revealed and part of what really fascinated me like if i had to say what's at stake in the story what do i think is at the heart of the story it's the way in which the professional life bleeds into the personal that for yeah. me like what, what i really saw being limbed was that way in which jane's professional cuddling does and does not kind of touch the heart of who she is and okay. I, I found that really compelling i mean i found that like was relating to it. I was using it in like other contexts. I was. I was. Um. I thought that was a really impressive feat of characterization. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Okay. So I am gonna. I'm gonna point to one spot in the story though that I. I would love to talk to you guys about because so much is is happening to pull you into the universe and to to. I I personally feel such compassion and interest in what Jane is doing. And it's the last like three beats of of the essay, right? So it's the last three paragraphs, right? Um, uh, And you know what, I'm just gonna read it, right? So in her own bed, in her own home, Jane falls asleep, imagining them beside her. She can feel the rabbi at her back, the activist at her front and the student by her feet. The police officer is beneath her and the mute is on top. She is almost one whole person. The rabbi has a wooden star of David that hangs in his bedroom. On Monday, Jane will see if her fist fits inside the center of it. When she arrives on Tuesday, the activist will help remove her coat. She wonders if he will scrape his fingernails along the tops of her shoulders as he does so. Wednesday is the first of the month. So the student will draw her something beautiful, add a trinket and wrap the whole thing up Jane will spend all of Thursday night in room 411 wrapped in sheets that smell of the police officer's body. On Friday, the mute will finally tell her something. He will whisper it profound and soft against the inside shell of her ear. And I mostly wanted to read that because I just wanted to read that out loud. Thank you, Jack Smith. <laughs> but I also, I just want to point to the, um, the sort of on the nose moment of she's almost one whole person right? And if literary, as, as Jason points out, if literary fiction is, you know, character revealed through action, do do we need that line? Like, does it, is it, is it a step too far uh, in terms of exposition of the motive and drive of the character? Did it bother anybody else? Or is it just like a little bit clangy for me?
2: I, I, I kind of agree. This, like, there, that line is a bit like, oh, like, is this work dehumanizing her in a way? Like, is it, like, you could tie it to the sex work and is it talking about that? And, like, but I don't, but it also can be, I feel read in a few different ways. So I don't think it's, like, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how much weight that sentence is supposed to have or, in there, or its meaning, honestly. I feel like there's a lot of different, ways enter and exit that sentence?
1: Well, I think you just answered it for me then, right? So it's not on the nose, right? Like from my reading of the story it is, right? that it is just this like declaration that the self is a composite self, right? and that she's straining toward a sense of, of in, like subjectivity through this composition, right? And if that if that's if that's what this is about, then she's pretty much just like broadcast a thesis which troubles me a little bit. But it's <laughs> If it's, if that's not the only reading available, Alex, like if you're saying that there's like some, like other layers to this then, and then I will back off my red pen.
3: (laughs) I I write it as as a little less determinative, like as a little less kind of argumentative, that there's this way in which um, she's becoming aware that she's not well-bounded, right? That like, like that in cuddling, like what happens is that like the physical boundaries of the body are in contact, right? The skin is like where your body stops. Um, yeah. And yet what happens there emotionally and psychically and, and you know, in, in psychology, there's, there's this huge you know, amount of research on, on transference, on you know, kind of projection, on the ways in which um, ideas, emotions, selfhoods are passed back and forth. And so, I mean, I, I wouldn't like diagnose her as like, now she's codependent and she doesn't recognize herself on her own. And, you know, it, it's, it felt to me a little bit gentler than that kind of argument, but it did feel to me like, okay, so this is where the realization that this work is kind of eroding some of her own boundaries mm-hmm. um, was coming into play, that, that she's taking the work home with her in this kind, like, that all the work that she's doing throughout the story, um, particularly to, to, to ignore the kind of trespass right like like the erections are particularly a kind of trespass and she's like yeah i'm just gonna not gonna touch them yeah. um that, that here was kind of the image where that trespass is um i, I thought lightly touched yeah. Upon. yeah yeah yeah
0: uh, i i noticed it too and i thought it was actually absolutely brilliant i thought the exact opposite of you marion because well because I love the sandwich here of that of those last three paragraphs. I, I just thought, you know, we do curse on this show. I mean, I just thought balls out, balls out that, you know, uh, one of one of you guys said, I didn't know how much attention we were supposed to pay to it. Balls out, it's a standalone five that, word sentence floating there, right? But right on top of it, that whole uh, description for me at least, like those were the normal positions, the rabbi at the back, the act- activist at the front, the student by her feet, right, all those things. But I hadn't built that picture comprehensively yet. So I love that she built that for me, that each, I didn't realize that every one of those people took up a different part of her physical body until she did that. So I was like, fuck yes, yeah. right? Yeah. That Because it, it went like, it was like a deck of cards that went boop, 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 boop. You know what I mean? It was so lovely. And then we get that she is almost one whole person. I also read it as Jason said, just quieter than that. Like all along, I knew that she needs them too. It was obvious underneath that she needs them as well, right? And then I love that the last paragraph was a speaking into the future. Mm -hmm. This will happen on Tuesday. That will happen. It was another another thing being built up for me, you know, in a way that had not been done yet in the piece to get them all together again. Like in the beginning, we get introduced to them, but then we go on the visits, right? And now she's ended it with this compilation, right? Of (laughs) what the week looks like for her.
2: And, and,
0: you know, so I was just snap, snap, snaps.
2: And what I like about this is like, outside of the, uh, her Fridays, like, the people that she uh she's cuddling with, also have to be a lot of things to different people. Yes,
1: yeah. that's exactly right. That's a point well, she makes about the police officer. Yeah, right? so
2: that way that it's not like oh, just her role is the role that's kind of like oh, who am I? Yeah. Like, thank you, Alex. And, uh, it's yeah, like she's doing a similar job to them, and so it's all kind of this web of stuff. Although, although we're getting it like was a third person, mm-hmm. um, what's the, when you can hear their thoughts, there's a word for it. Help third me person out. close? Yeah, I guess. Or
3: third person interested,
1: yeah. 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 I think the word, were you going for omniscient there? Like a yeah. sense of, yeah, right. But it's right, it's a It's a sort of close um, third because we do get a sense of, of Jane's sensibilities, right? So, uh, and to just like go back the, the gestures, the hand gestures that we're all making when we're talking about this piece, are really worth noting, Slushies, right? Because that Kathy was talking about this like deck of cards feeling, right? And it's it is really a constellation, like the piece does like constellate into that line, right? About that she's becoming a whole person, and then it spirals back out, right? Like the sort of as Kathy says, it's like building into the future, but it does it spirals back out into into the week ahead, right? And that that's just it is really artfully done. Um, the last the last thing I wanted to say about this piece too is, um, you know, as I mentioned before, it was one of those that sort of got stuck in the river of submittable, right, and just sort of like in the tide of submittable. So that when we brought it back out and we 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 bringing it into conversation, the world has changed, right? I don't know about you, but like reading and uh, this 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 piece of fiction that is about touch breaks my heart in in profound ways, Um, you know, in in our world full of safe social distances and not being able to touch each other, right? Um, So anyway, I just wanted to note that too, like whether or not that was her intention as she's writing it, touch is always an important sense, but the sense changes and gains traction over, over time and catastrophe. Right.
3: I've, I've, I've also been in a lot of conversations about um, kind of the uses of different kinds of people in fiction right that like you know who sort of gets to write about whom and how and when and, and Paisley Reckdahl's, um Appropriate or Appropriate I think is like a sort of really beautiful book length um, analysis of kind of who can write what when where how um, and doesn't really come to conclusions like it's not rules it's, it's sort of like well Here are some things that are going on we need to think about and so i was thinking about you know like um, because these are you know archetypes right the rabbi um the student the act it's almost like a genet right like the balcony or something where you know each person kind of needs to inhabit this sort of existing identity um and and the mute i was i was thinking like oh are we gonna you know like the mute mm uh, but I, I, I think that the way, but one of the questions that like people often ask kind of from the ethical perspective is why do, presuming that you're not one of these categories, presuming that you're writing about someone who is not like yourself or is not part of your own community, um, why do you need them? Like why are they in your story? And I thought here it was a really kind of like, like Chanae, that it was a sort of really beautiful exploration of a kind of set of archetypes um, that inhabit the culture and how we think about them. Like, it, it seemed very ethical to me in the end.
0: Great. You know why? Because they're so wonderfully individualized, I think. Yeah. That helps, right? They're not stand-in cardboard cutouts of each, each thing. We n- get to know that rabbi as a specific individual rabbi. Right? Mm-hmm.
2: And it, it, it's like, in I just picture this as like a French horn film, like a short. I don't know, like it just the it's it so captures a like sections into I don't know how to describe it. Like I just had this pictured in my head as I was reading it because that well written and just like specific and yet. Like imagining the title cards. I don't know if it's black and white. <laughs> and like I woke up dreaming of Mandalay or whatever. I forgot <laughs> the opening <line> is, But
1: <laughs> I think I think we might be ready to vote.
3: I think we're ready to vote.
1: I All think right. we are. I'm contemplating I have our-
3: thumbs and I know how to use
1: them. <laughs> okay. Hey, right, get your guns up. Get the thumbs up. Let's do it. One, two.
0: and it's unanimous thank you thank you thank you jack smith
1: yay jack smith yay jack smith i'm so happy for this this is wonderful she was so kind in her email uh response to me when i invited her on the podcast um her email back said this is the weirdest email ever (laughs) she was like I remember that piece and it's been a while this is the huh? weirdest email ever so Jack, Jack if you're listening thank you so much for letting us discuss this and this wonderful piece of fiction and We're reading our weirdest email all the best and yay.
0: <laughs> yeah you know guys I'm so sorry I know we already voted yes but we didn't discuss, and this is for the readers, okay? I mean, okay. listeners. So slushies, please write to me and let's keep talking about this story because we didn't talk about Jane having a little bit of, Jane has some rage that we did not discuss. Really? And it flares up every now and then. We didn't address it at all because we were just so taken. I think we talked so much about the language and the craft and how this piece was built. We took yes. the radio you know, here, which is great. But um yeah, you know, when she uh throws the stuff around in the hotel room, she doesn't want to leave it looking like nothing happened there.
1: Yeah, right? I know. And That's the great.
0: fact that in that end part when she says I want to, she's gonna see if her fist fits inside yeah. the rabbi's star. I really was like, whoa, that was a moment when I read it at first, you know. There's yeah. little tiny bits of anger in Jane that that are fascinating, you know. Um, but I just think. We're going to, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave our slushies with that. Look for that as you read it. And then write to me, us, and tell us what you think about that. Tell us what you think about the podcast, how we're doing. We're mostly on Insta these days, uh, although we tweet as well, but you know, since FB is kind of FB and also for event based and we're not doing events right now, follow us on the socials and um, write to us and. Keep listening and keep reading.
1: Anybody have anything else to say? I think we should all throw pillows around our room in the style (laughs) of of Jane's rage. That's what we should do, right?
0: (laughs) Love you all. Love you. Okay, thank you, Jack Smith.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Bravo, bravo.
3: Until next slush pile.